You are live with Get Connected. It's Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar. We've got a cool show for you today. In a little bit, uh, we'll be talking with the folks over at Samsung about the exciting new launch of the Galaxy S8 smartphones. Uh, I know you're in New York That's this right. week to actually check out that launch. You came back with a 360 camera as well. Yeah, uh, during the presentation, it was a fantastic presentation that uh, Samsung did. They got all the, the journalists around the world to come to, to New York to uh because the, the S8 is their flagship phone. Yes. That's their bread and butter right there. Uh, what they did is they kind of did a surprise because they were also announcing their new 360, Gear 360 camera. This is um, a little camera that you can get kind of a 360 videos or photos for, uh, directly onto your smartphone. This one's a little bit different because it can also do live streaming of 360-degree photos. And during the presentation, they cut to a guy who was on a roof across the street, and he was showing the, the skyline of New York and talking with the audio, all live streaming at the same time. So we definitely know this technology works. They gave us one, so we get the opportunity to try it. We might be doing some behind-the-scene filming uh, with a 360-degree camera in our studio in the near future. We could do that in the radio show here, you know, too. No, I was thinking about that, too. Yeah. It's just not as... But uh, then I got to... We have to look good. We have to look good. Yeah, right now, yeah. I'm coming with my baseball cap. Yeah, I didn't shave yeah. this morning. Yeah. That's the, but you still you, look good. You look oh, good, right? okay. Yeah. Uh, yes, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's exciting. Uh, we'll be trying that uh, in the coming weeks just to see if it truly works. But 4K. Yeah. So that, this is the problem. If you're going to be doing live streaming on the go in 4K, I hope you have a good data plan because yeah. you're going to eat through that really, really quick. I think it's really made for when you're in an area with Wi-Fi. Yeah. Then you can do that, that 4K Even streaming. then, you got to have good Wi-Fi. It's funny because when the original one came out, that's one of the things that you wanted to see. You're like, oh, I wish we could like live stream this. Yes. And I guess, I've been waiting for this. Yeah. This, this device, I've been waiting for this device, having high-quality video and 360 and being able to live stream. So the only question that we have, and this is what we're going to test, is the quality of the microphone on it. Because if That's where these things fall down. Yes. And, it, and it's tough. I've always wanted that you could put a, um, an external mic and mm-hmm. hook it directly into it so yeah. you can control the audio a little bit more. Yeah. But um, this one has a built-in microphone. Yeah. The question is, how does it work in quiet areas and loud environments, like, say, on a city street or in a public place? We should try next week here. You know what? Why let's, not? Let's, let's do try it. it. Okay. That's our promise. Okay. Yeah, that means I have to make this work. That's, when Mike says that, he goes, Andy, make this work next week. Thanks. It's easy to make promises. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, lots happening. So we're going to be talking with the folks at Samsung. We're also going to be talking uh, with uh, the C- CEO over at Dedrone. Is it Dedrone? It's Dedrone or Dedrone? Dedrone. Let's go with D-Drone. Uh, so these are guys that make uh, really cool drones uh, uh, for next-generation oil and gas facility protection. And this is an interesting story because we just heard that the federal government has new regulations on where consumers can fly drones. Yeah, like, we no, like nowhere. So basically nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're out in the boonies, then yeah. you can fly your drone. But if it's anywhere near a building or people or animals, you can't. However, drone technology is still advancing, and they're using them for commercial applications like large areas, like an oil field or a gas field. So we're going to learn about that, how they're using it, and why they're using it in those certain industries. I think our listeners in Alberta will be very interested to hear how those applications are working. Do you see IKEA is getting into smart lighting? Really? Yeah, it's called uh, Trodfree. I'm probably pronouncing that horribly wrong, but uh, it's uh, a new kind of lineup they're rolling out in uh, IKEA stores. So these are smart lights that you'll be able to buy. I think a, a kit uh, seemed fairly 
reasonable. I think in the $100 price range uh, will get you the little internet uh, gateway that you have to hook into your home network uh, and a couple light bulbs uh, as well. Are they colored as well? Uh, I think these ones are uh, just kind of white. White? Okay. White. But, uh, you know, with these, these new LED bulbs, uh, you know, they last forever, like twenty to 25,000 hours. So, yeah. I mean, these things will go longer than you will. Let's put it this way. You, you will. could have a baby yeah. and buy a new bulb. And by the time that baby is moving out of your house, that's when you would change the bulb. It can have a shelf life from 18 to 25 years. That's amazing. So, and, I mean, they're, they're way more expensive than regular light bulbs, yes. but uh, it's nice not having to replace them. That said, in the last couple of years, the prices have come down. Uh, currently, the industry leader is Philips with their Hue light bulbs. Yes. They're not cheap. No. They, they're good. There but they're are, cool. There are other companies that are making it. Like there's a company called Bewe. Yep. They make it. I, I've tried them. The problem is they're not that bright. They can't replace your typical white lights because these ones are like, oh, you could have your white light, but you could also have colored lights. Yes. But it's not very bright. Um, so IKEA getting into the game is going to help because that's going to put pressure on all the manufacturers to come at a price point that's affordable for all consumers. That will be great. Facebook uh, adding camera features to compete with Snapchat. So if you haven't tried Snapchat, you're probably over the age of 30. Yes. Are you, You're on Snapchat. I am, but I... I, I, I am too, but I'm, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I barely use I it. I can never f- figure it out. It, it is kind of hard, the interface. It's not it very is, intuitive. No, but they make it so us old people can't, <laughs> can't so, figure yes. it out and, and send stuff. So Snapchat is like a, it's like a camera app, a social media camera app where you take pictures or little videos and you can add all sorts of effects and morph your face uh, and send that to a single Snapchat friend or a group and you can create stories around it. It has become very, very popular. And I think Facebook is looking at this and thinking we want to be in that game as well. So they're actually kind of integrating a lot of similar features that Snapchat has into Facebook. So I I wonder, you know, what will that do to Snapchat? Well, Well, will young people still use it because they don't care about Facebook? Probably. I I think if anything, what's going to happen is older people are going to start getting into that whole um, ecosystem. And maybe they might try Snapchat after they figure out why all the young kids are are doing it. Or they might just do those features within Facebook. The funny thing I find about this whole story is Facebook says that they deny that they got this idea from Snapchat. Oh, come on. <laughs> come <laughs> they on. Go, we, got our, we got these ideas from our own users. Yeah. And guess the, what? Oh, the ones that use Snapchat. The ones <laughs> that use Snapchat. So what a, what a great spin on this story. We got it from our users. But you know what they say? Imitation is the best form of flattery. So, yes. so um, Facebook was leading the way in social media. But now with Instagram, they did the same thing. They own Instagram. Yes. They have the little stories on Instagram. And a lot of people are using that because Instagram is huge. Um, so the question is, can Snapchat stay relevant when all their competitors are having those features? It'll be interesting. Time will tell. Time will tell. What kind of contest we got this week, Andy? Fabulous contest. If you're in a need of a tablet or a laptop, we're going to give away something that can do both. It's the Asus Transformer Mini Convertible Laptop. Essentially, this is a tablet and a laptop all in one. It's what we call a convertible laptop. You can do the best of both worlds. You can take it with you on the go or you can dock it into the keyboard if you need to do some emails. All provided from our friends over at Intel Canada. All you got to do is go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com to enter and win the Asus Transformer Mini Convertible Laptop. When we come back from the break, we will be talking with our good friend Mark Childs over at Samsung Canada about the new Samsung Galaxy S8 phone that has just launched uh, this week. Some exciting news around that, and we're going to get all the details. Stay tuned.
You're back with Get Connected. It's Mike and Andy here in studio today. We're broadcasting live across Canada on the Coors Radio Network. Of course, you can also listen to us uh, on our website. We have our podcast, getconnectedmedia.com, and the Chorus Radio app. Still lots to talk about on today's program. Later on, we will be going open line, taking your tech calls and questions, my favorite part of the show. And uh, we'll be talking with the CEO of D-Drone. This is cool. Drones for the oil and gas industry. Yes. On the line, though, we're kind of excited. We have uh, Mark Childs. He's the Chief Brand Officer over at Samsung Canada. Thanks for joining us, Mark. Good morning. I know you're pretty busy uh, with uh, the launch. Uh, Andy was in New York to uh, check it all out, so we're, uh, we're pretty excited to be chatting with you today. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, a, big, uh, a big week for you. Yeah, a very big week and a very exciting week. So tell our listeners about the new Samsung Galaxy S8. What are some of the, uh, the cool features that really set it apart from uh, the other smartphones out in the market right now? Well, I should tell you, I'm actually speaking to you from the Galaxy S8 Plus. So uh, hopefully everything's loud and clear and uh, you can share some of that excitement. I think that, you know, there's really three things that I think set, you know, the Galaxy S8 apart um, and, and really lead the way in the next uh, phase of innovation and technology in smartphones. And I think the first thing is really the first impression you get with the phone and its stunning design. And we can spend a little bit of time talking about that. But what's most notable is the new Infinity display. It really strikes you when you see it for the first time, just how um, high impact uh, this, this smartphone really is when it comes to looking at content. Uh, the second thing I would say is security. Um, you know, this is a device that enables you to keep uh, everything that you want um, private and confidential that way. So it's built on the Samsung Knox platform. But we have um, iris scanning, which certainly allows you to access very easily the device, but keep everything safe and secure. And then I think, you know, what I would say uh, in terms of the third thing is there are new ways to interact with your smartphone that make it simpler. Um, we can talk a little bit about Bixby maybe, um, but also kind of the extended ecosystem of products that really bring the full potential of the Galaxy S8 and S8 Plus to life through VR and 360. Let's talk about uh, the screen to begin with. This this phone is all screen. I mean, it is beautiful, the the engineering uh, that has gone gone into this. Uh, but, you know, you've to get that screen, you've done away with the home button now. I guess it's a, a virtual home button on, on the actual uh, interface uh, it, itself. But uh, beautiful. And the size, these things are, are giant now. I think is it 5.8 inches for the uh, S8 and 6.2 inches for the uh, the Plus model? Yeah, that's right. And, and, and really, when you're you know, looking at you know, content, if you're watching a, uh, you know, a movie streamed or uh, on, on one of the social platforms, really the only thing uh, that, sort of, uh, that you see other than the picture is a very narrow frame on each of the two ends. So it's a, an 18.59 anamorphic display, display size, which really minimizes those black bars on content and movies that you might be watching. But beyond just, you know, great content that you might be experiencing, it also enables you to be, you know, a little bit more of a multitasker um, because when you have, you know, two things open on uh, the screen at the same time, you can actually use them fully now uh, without, you know, without any interruption because there is so much more screen size. It really balances, you know, optimal size uh, with still being able to, you know, safely and productively use it in one hand. You guys have always been at the forefront of uh, increasing the screen size. When I, you know, when I see the S8 is up at five point inch or five point eight inches, I mean that used to be phablet territory. Yes. Like that was the plus size model. Now that's like the uh, the normal size uh, entry model, I guess, yeah. for you. 
It, it is, and and I have to say, you know, I've I've been using the the, the new, new F8 Plus for just the past couple of days, and uh, you know, I think uh, this really is the new definition of 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 the boundaries of what a, a smartphone can really deliver. And and as you mentioned, the home button, um, you know, after two days, I'm not missing the physical button. This you know, pressure sensitive home button is just as easy and intuitive to use, you know, as what we've been used to. So this really is you know, the next innovation, and I think uh, where Samsung's leading, others may follow. Mark, one thing I found really funny uh, after the presentation is they gave us a phone to, to review, and I was looking at the phone, I'm like, oh, could I try the, the uh, S8 Plus? And they're like, that is the S8 Plus, but I couldn't tell oh, really? because it doesn't feel any bigger, but it's because there is no bezel, there is no home button, so it doesn't feel like a big phone. But it's actually a huge screen. It's, it was kind of funny. So was it, it comfortable chuckle. in your hand? It was totally comfortable. And that was the problem with these big phones. But they basically, the entire phone is the screen now. So it still fits comfortably in your hand. And I, I couldn't even tell that I had the, uh, the S8 Plus. Uh, and that's, I guess, one of the big things, Mark, is that it doesn't feel like a big phone, even though you have a big screen. Yeah, it, it, I, I think it comes back to, you know, a lot of time and attention was spent on the design. Uh, and as, as you rightly point out, it, it really does, you know, fit perfectly in the hand. It, it curves on the front and the back. It sits comfortably. It isn't overly wide. Um, and obviously with, you know, with, with now uh, the bezels and, and, and just the way that the, the machine, the, the smartphone has been manufactured and the quality is just, you know, second to none. Let's talk about some of the other features. Something that I've been reading about uh, is the new Bixby, which is, uh, I guess, uh, a little assistant uh, built into the phone to help you uh, use the phone more efficiently. Is it kind of similar to Siri or how is it different? Well, I think, I mean, Bixby is, you know, the Samsung platform. It's a new in, a way to interact uh, with the phone. Uh, and so what we announced on Wednesday and, and what will be available when Canadians have a, a chance to, you know, physically hold the S8 and S8 Plus themselves on April 21, uh, there will be two first phases of the launch. The first thing is that we're launching the Bixby um, home uh, page, which is really, you know, the dashboard, if you like, of where all of your content um, comes to life, and most importantly, where the virtual assistant um, will actually help kind of curate all of your content to make it so much easier. Um, and then, you know, at launch, we'll be launching Bixby Vision. Now, Bixby Vision really takes uh, advantage of uh, the camera function in bringing and serving up um, options. For example, if you took a picture of the Eiffel Tower, um, it would easily uh, be able to identify that, you know, tell you where it is, tell you how to get there if you're traveling as a tourist maybe give you some restaurant recommendations. And even if you wanted a tour guide or maybe one of those tourist charms or, or trinkets, it would offer those up as, uh, as options to, uh, for you to purchase. So that's at, the, at launch. I mean, it very much is uh, a platform that we're committed to building out uh, and will evolve over time. So, you know, um, after launch, it will continue to build out with basically interaction options for you to touch, type, or voice control. Um, you know, ask, asking questions and, and getting answers. And, and again, you know, simply uh, a new way to interact with your smartphone. Great. Another, another phone that's smarter than I am. Well, <laughs> and, and it gets smarter. That's, that's the crazy thing. <laughs> uh, so we just got a couple of minutes here. Uh, quickly on security, there's the, uh, the fingerprint scanner on the back, and there's iris scanning now as well to get into the phone. Yeah, iris scanning is, is pretty phenomenal. And, and with, uh, you know, some of the settings kind of set up on, on your uh, uh, S8 or S8 Plus, you know, the minute you pick up the phone and you press and you press the sort of button to bring it back to life, the iris scanner is already working. 
Um, and, you know, I'm somebody that, that unfortunately still has to wear uh, transitional bifocals. Uh, it's working for me in, in, you know, in moments. The, the, free, the smartphone is, is unlocked and I have full access to my content. So I know that because irises are, you know, very much uh, not duplicated, even if you're a twin, uh, from the age of three months on, your iris is unique to you. It is really the, the, the next level of security uh, in terms of keeping everything inside your, uh, your smartphone uh, protected. There's obviously so much more to talk about. We're kind of running out of time here. Uh, when does this thing launch, or these phones launch? So, we, as, you, as you mentioned, we revealed uh, lot, uh, just like this past Wednesday it will be available for Canadians uh, to pre-order. Actually, it's already available for Canadians to, to pre-order. And one of the great things, if you, if you get in uh, first and fast, you, you get uh, the new Gear VR uh, with controller as a, as, a, as a gift with purchase. Uh, but ultimately, you can, you'll be picking up that smartphone uh, if you want to be first. Um, from April 21. Mark, thanks so much. We're pretty excited to get our hands uh, on one to uh, have a look on the TV show on our global news segment. So uh, I appreciate your time. I know you're a busy, busy guy. No, actually, and uh, thanks uh, again for welcoming me on the show today. That's Mark Childs, Chief Brand Officer over at Samsung Canada. We'll uh, hopefully be getting our uh, hands on one of these. I'll get my hands on one of these. Well, you got to get it out of my hands first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty excited. When we come back from the break, we still got lots of Get Connected for you. We're going to be going open line. Uh, we'll also be talking drones, drones, drones. Stay tuned. You're back with Get Connected. Mike and Andy here in studio. we still got lots to talk about on today's program. We will be going open line shortly, taking your tech calls and questions. We'll also hear App of the Week from Christina. But right now, we want to talk drones. Drones have been in the news uh, lately. Uh, Transport Canada has like, dumped some new regulations down on consumer drones, which make it almost impossible to fly them anywhere. You can't fly them near buildings, people, cars. You got to go out into the in into the a field somewhere yeah. <laughs> if you want to go fly that's, your your drone. Yeah, out. that's not near airports. Uh, but that being said, drones uh, and the whole drone category has been growing dramatically, and the use for drones uh, not just for consumers, you know, trying to spy on their neighbors, uh, but uh, you know, you look at delivery companies right now trying really hard to come out with uh, the technology that would make that happen with Amazon, and I know uh, UPS and you know a number of other companies are, are working on that. On the line right now, uh, we have uh, a company, uh, Drone. We've got George Lampret. He's the CEO. Thanks for joining us, George. Good morning. Thank you very much. So tell us a little bit about uh, Drone and uh, what you guys are all about. Yeah, Drone is a company that detects drones. So we are, we're really in the space for detecting malicious drones, uh, uh, protecting airspaces for critical infrastructure, stadiums, prisons. So well, kind of what we are doing is really watching out for drones, alerting people on the ground, and, you know, bringing them down if necessary. And so let's let's talk about some of the places that you want to 
protect from drones? Obviously, stadiums. I, I know uh, the U.S. government's really concerned about that kind of stuff. Uh, but I would imagine uh, prisons, uh, critical infrastructure like oil and gas as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the, the the customer ranges we have are really from embassies, stadiums, prisons, jails, data centers. We protect our car test racks in Germany and as well as high rank individuals in in Hollywood. So I think the, the just the pure amount of drones that are in the airspace. I mean, the, there's one million new drones entering the airspace every single month. One million. And wow. One million drones. Oh and as you know, I mean, they're no longer toys. But it's just not like there's father and son playing in the backyard. They can be equipped with chainsaws. We've seen drones with guns, drones with flamethrowers. So they're just really like very, very aggressive machines, meanwhile, which carry high payloads for long distance. And that makes it, of course, that some bad guys using them for malicious activities. Yeah, I saw a, a YouTube video of this uh, uh, drone that had a flamethrower on it in China. They were using it, officials, I guess, to burn down things that are on telephone wires. You know, people throw shoes over telephone wires. So they send this drone up and basically this yeah. flamethrower burn burn all the, the debris off. So this technology, like you're saying, exists. So how do you guys protect uh, these facilities and, and people from drones, malicious drones? Yeah, yeah, you know, it's a fixed installation, so we're using different cameras, we're using frequency scanners, also microphones. So a set of sensors, which all combined work together and look for drones. And if we see drones and they look like drones and fly like drones and have the typical song pattern and also the frequency spectrum, they all communicate to a base station or a pilot on ground somewhere. And if we, all these sensors combine, say, hey, there's a drone, then we are able to identify what kind of drone it is, like what's the maker and the model and the serial number, where is the pilot. We also triangulate the pilot. It's the moment he turns on the RC, he's emitting frequencies as well. And then we give a situational awareness for the customer. So he sees where the drone is, where is he flying. Um, we can read out the, the MAC address, for instance, and then we can give uh, alerts and also activate countermeasures if necessary, and if legally doable, of course. Do you look after the countermeasures as yeah, well? well? Like, what, what kind of countermeasures are we talking about here? <laughs> the countermeasures would be like signal jamming units, for instance. Um, signal jamming break the link between the drone and the operator. So the drone normally is forced to land or to go to flies away. This is illegal. It's a lot of fun, but it's illegal um, because, I mean, you can bring down the Amazon drone as well or the rescue helicopter. So it's only for federal customers and for critical infrastructure have, who have the authority to use signal jamming to, you know, force drones to land or to go away. How many new drones a, a, a week? Uh, 250,000 a week, 1 million a month. That is crazy. Well, you know why? It's because the price of drones have gone down dramatically. Yeah. And, and you can just imagine, like, organized crime or any kind of criminal enterprise starting to use this. Like, imagine, say, a prison setting. If you want to get oh. drugs into a prison, yes. just launch this drone, go over the fence, and then drop some drugs in there. So you're going to need some type of countermeasures. And so how long, uh, George, how long has the drone been around for? Uh, we've been in the market since three years. We are originally started in Germany, as you know from my accent. Uh, then we moved the company to San Francisco, so we're headquartered in San Francisco. We have around 65 employees at the moment and uh, growing rapidly, especially in the urban areas. So the majority of the drones have been really used to, you know, spy and hack into networks. Meanwhile, we've seen drones that steal data and look through windows, for instance, and also been able to steal print jobs and, and all kinds of things. And that's the majority of the installations we're doing in North America and Europe at the moment. And how are your drones operated? Typically with these uh, consumer drones, you know, you, you dock in your, your smartphone and you have a little controller. 
do you guys have someone else like at a at a different station or do are they flying in the same similar way? Now we don't have drones. We have sensors that look for drones. So we're really ground based and and look you know into the sky for different drones. And we're using lots of software for that, like image recognition and pattern detection. And, you know, if combining different sensors to make sure we really catch a drone, which can be one mile out. So our sensors have a reach of up to one mile. So around a radius of one mile, you can catch up any drone that is flying into your airspace. And we always recommend that everybody who has a fence has a fence for a reason. They, you know, he, he doesn't want to have any trespassers on the property. And everybody with a fence should have an aerial equivalent as well. Are, are airports starting to have these types of services uh, around them? Because that's one of the biggest issues is that any kind of airfield, the last thing you want is consumer or even malicious drones flying in that airspace. Are you seeing all these like airports starting to, to take these services in? Absolutely. Airports are also high on the agenda list. Uh, we've deployed at three different airports so far. And there is a lot of activity. So, I mean, we, we don't have one single customer who has no alerts in the first two days when we installed. And there's like stadiums, they have two or three alerts a day from drones flying into the stadium, filming, you know, just, you know, filming the games, filming the trainings uh, during large events and putting this on YouTube, which, of course, infringes the broadcasting rights. And it's dangerous. Yeah, uh, uh, drone. I mean, we see also in Iraq, for instance, there's drones. They are really deadly. They're equipped with grenades. They're equipped with IEDs and explosives. And they drop those explosives into the forward operating bases, for instance. And what happens is people die every day. It's like 50 times a day where people get attacks from malicious consumer drones, which are easy to buy, easy to assemble. Everybody can put that together. And that, of course, can happen here domestically as well. This is uh, fascinating stuff, uh, George. Where can people find out more information? Go to www.ddrone.com. Ddrone is a D-E-D-R-O-N-E. And uh, like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. And we're posting lots of news. We're in different shows this year. I think we're doing 120 shows this year. And um, yeah, just just follow the news on Ddrone. You'll see lots of videos there, information material, things to download. And it's a really fascinating, interesting segment we're in. Protecting the world from bad drones, George. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. George Lampert, uh, Lampert, he's the CEO of D-Drone. Check it out. That was really fascinating. You know what? I think we should write a screenplay for a Hollywood movie of like drones attack and then like oh, drones coming in. Will Smith is probably writing that movie. <laughs> yeah, somebody's probably <laughs> writing this already. Coming Christmas. When we come back from the break, we're going open line, taking a few tech calls and questions. 604-280-9898. Long distance anywhere in North America, 1-877-399-9898. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected, Mike and Andy here in studio. Still to come, App of the Week with Christina Stoyanova, so stay tuned for that. We're taking a few calls right now, 604-280-9898. We're going to jump to Bob. Hey, Bob. Hello, fellas. Hi. Um, We are about to have a major upgrade of Windows 10, the creator's update, and that will inconvenience a lot of people. So my question to you is, How far do you think we are from the day where we will get an updated version of Windows 10 off the cloud, like we currently get Office 365? So to to actually run the operating system from the cloud? Yes. Yeah, that's an interesting uh, question. So it would basically uh, 
to be a client in the sky or a yeah your your computer would be almost like a, a dumb client yeah. using whatever software or operating system that is up in the cloud I guess it really comes down to uh, a couple things the computing power in the cloud uh, wherever it's being served from but more so like the um, the bandwidth between your computer and and the cloud yeah there's a lot of stuff going on so the operating system has to run then the operating system has to run all the programs uh, as well which would have to be cloud-based. Yeah, and the difficulty with that is that you would always have to be online. The, the, if you were disconnected for any reason, yeah. uh, you wouldn't be able to use your, your computer. Or maybe there's like a very thin version, like a, a small version. One issue on I'm having with, with both the uh, Microsoft 10 and Windows 365 is I keep getting updates nonstop. Like, oh, we need to update your Microsoft Word and PowerPoint. So I'm like, okay. And then you have to like close all the programs down. Then they install it. And then next week there's another update. And it's driving me crazy. I'm like, can't you just make like a monthly update rather than every time there's an update? It's it's quite the inconvenience. So now these days I don't even update it because it, it's working. It's like I'm not having any issues, but it's more of an inconvenience thing than anything else. And a lot of people had that issue with Windows 10 when it first came out because Microsoft said this is the last operating system we're going to have. There's no Windows 11. Yeah, It's just going to constantly get updated. And because it's always connected, it just keeps coming and updating your operating system. Yeah, but it's an interesting uh, question. I mean, you look at Google, you know, the Google Chromebooks running Chromium. That's right. Uh, that's really kind of cloud-based. I mean, it's running through almost like a browser and you're kind of just... Uh, running all the the apps and stuff through that, so that's kind of the I think the next level. When and it comes it's a to great it. entry level at like Chromebooks. If you if you have a young child and you want to get them into computers, you get them a Chromebook. You can retail and you can get one for like three hundred dollars, two three hundred dollars. It just runs the Chrome browser. It's called Chromium as its operating system. From there, you can get Office three sixty five and you can use it as um you know a tool at school. But you don't have to have a high end computer anymore. Yeah, not so. just for kids though. Like some people just want like a base level just computing on, device. Yeah, yeah. Want to go on Facebook, check your uh, your bank info and stuff. For a lot of people, I think that would do it. If you you just look at a lot of people these days are just using tablets instead of a laptop. So a lot of different options out there. Well, will we see Office? Uh, sorry, Microsoft Ten in the sky? You never know. Uh, I, I think we'll get there one day. Yeah, definitely. That's, uh, a, that's a great thing. I never thought about that. Well, yeah, but you look at a lot of uh, offices and stuff, like they're um, uh, running like just clients basically taking all the stuff off a central server. Did you see what uh, Samsung also announced? Now you could use the S8 as your computer. So you would have a monitor and a keyboard and you dock your, your phone into it. And really? your phone is the computer now. Yes. So you could run Office. You can check your emails. That reminds me of the uh, the Motorola Atrix. Do you yeah, remember that? That was like that was in 2012. Few, yeah. yeah. That was like almost five years ago. Yeah, so... It was like a smartphone, and you could buy a dock for it, like a laptop dock yeah. that you plug the, the smartphone in. The laptop had a keyboard and screen and everything. But Samsung's not the only one. HP, remember we had that, oh, yeah. that phone, the Windows 10 phone, yeah, which is amazing. essentially a mobile computer that you would dock onto a laptop. or Basically, it's a monitor and a keyboard, and that's it. So you, literally, your computer is in your pocket at all times. Going to have to take another break. A lot more tech to talk. Uh, later on, we'll be uh, chatting about App of the Week with Christina. Stay tuned. You're back with Get Connected. Mike and Andy here. 
It's that time of the week. It's App of the Week with Christina, who is in studio. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. What do you got for us? Um, I have an app that helps you measure your impairment if you've if you're under the influence of uh, <laughs> drugs or alcohol. Okay. So you can actually test your own impairment level and then make a, a more sound decision about the activities you want to engage in. Are you, are you trying to tell us something here? Is this <laughs> yeah, I, I'm looking at you, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering, though, if you have to use the app, I would just say you're probably impaired. Yeah. But tell us how it works. Yes. Well, there's a series of tests that it goes through, and it actually asks you to do these when you're sober to establish a baseline. And they basically measure things like your reaction times and your decision-making skills and your ability um, to you know, keep oh. an eye on multiple things at once. Okay, because now, now this is a game for me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, keep going. It, it does mimic a game, yeah. but um, it really is meant to... I know what Mike's thinking right now. We'll go out, have a couple of drinks, yeah. and then we'll both do uh, these tests to, yes, see to see who can... Who's the smartest drunk person around? The smartest drunk person. Yeah, exactly. I, I see know. a Get Connected segment here. Yeah. Do I want to win that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So what's this called again? It's called Druid. Druid. It, yes. This is fascinating. Yes. Right? Yeah. And what is it available on iPhone or Android? Um, yeah, iPhone and iPad. Okay. For but now. Not, not Android. You know, is be that really because good? there's just drunks on iPhones? You know what would be really good is if you have like restaurants yeah. and you know how they always like, would you like another one? Yeah. But you would have to actually take a test before you can get another one <laughs> because I have a hard time saying no. I'm always like, yeah, one more. Yeah. Uh, okay, one more more. Well, I think, yeah, if they had to test people, I think uh, liquor sales would go yeah, down. That's true. Yes, yeah. dramatically. dramatically. <laughs> overnight. So Druid, and it's free? Uh, no, it's $1.39. Oh. I'm, I think you can afford it. Mike. I'm going to. I'm going to try. And, this. Uh, hold on. Is this for both iOS and Android? No. 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 Just iOS for okay, now. Okay. So you buy it. Yeah. And then we'll just take tests on your phone next time. We'll sit at a bar and we'll do the before, and then we'll do afters after each drink. Sounds like a good research project, Mike. I think so. Yes. I think we should film this. <laughs> yeah. I, yes. I agree. Maybe with a 360 degree camera. That's even better. Yes. I don't live know. stream. We'll live stream. I don't know what test. bar will let us bring that camera in. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. That would be interesting. Druid. And how do you spell that? D-R-U-I-D. Okay. Just the way I thought. Yeah. I like this. Okay. okay. Yeah. I think it's a, an interesting way to use your phone for sure. Well, that's a good app this week. Thank you. <laughs> Andy, contest. We are giving away the Asus Transformer Mini Convertible Laptop. If you are in the market for a new laptop or maybe a new tablet, why not get both with this awesome prize? It is basically what we call a convertible laptop because the screen can come off and actually act as a tablet. But then when you dock it onto the keyboard, it becomes a typical laptop. All you have to do to enter and win is go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com and enter to win. It's a fabulous prize, courtesy of our friends over at Intel Canada. You got to check it out. Asus Transformer Mini Convertible Laptop available to win at getconnectedmedia.com. Well, I want to thank you listeners for joining us. Uh, as you do every week, we love doing the show. Uh, we're going to try to get the 360 camera going for next week. You can see our ugly mugs uh, in 360-degree vision. We'll see if that works. I want to thank Andy, Christina, and all the Get Connected folks for putting this show together. See you again next time.